All right, Intern Allen Show, September 6th, 2023. A day late because, well, I'll just say that I wanted to save to let it let it out on uh, Christmas Eve of football, but I was busy. So it's a day late, but Christmas Eve of football. Football's coming back tomorrow. Twins have basically won the division. Football was back for college last week. Life is good. This is this is the time we wait all summer for, for this, for the football to be back, for the Twins to be in the playoffs, for Anthony Edwards to be scoring 35 points in a loss in the FIBA World Cup. This is what this is what we wait all summer for. Um, yes, yeah, so we got an NFL preview coming up, or I guess most, just a Vikings preview, because um, I feel like we know the league. Um, talk about the twins real quick because they basically won the division um i'll go over some college football and yeah post game also i'm doing a uh i'm doing a fantasy draft as uh, literally the night before the football season starts i'm doing a fantasy draft um while i record this podcast so um i don't really care about this league too much so if i miss a pick i miss a pick because i'm you know podcasting but um uh, the first overall pick, so uh, draft starts in like one minute. It is 9.58 p.m., by the way. I'm at Miami Frost School of Music. Um, draft starts in like one minute, so I've got Justin Jefferson ready to rock. Um, that's going to be sick for, for Team Post in this. Oh, shit, just uh, Team Post in this uh, league. Anyway, um, let's start with college football. Three games that were really interesting, I would say. Um Obviously, um, the the Gophers won on Friday night, I think that was, maybe Thursday night, over Nebraska. That was one of the games um, that, when we had the boys on the pod um, talking about the Gophers, it was a 50-50 on whether they win this one for the win total. So they won that one. So the win total that the boys told you not to bet, um, looking a little bit better than it did before. That being said, the team did not look good. Um they were probably the worst team on the field, even though they got the win. Um, and Nebraska is probably not very good anyway. So um, I don't think that. Oh. oh my god! Oh my god! You can probably hear that. We're drafting on ESPN. Um, there, it's over. Okay, cool. Um, Justin Jefferson, let's go. That looks good in the lineup. Um, yeah, Minnesota's not going to be good, but it's nice to get a win. You can't apologize for one and zero. Um, that isn't even one of the games I want to talk about. Colorado beat TCU. I believe they were 21st ranked TCU was. Beat them. I don't even remember the score. Come on, intern. The notes. Got to have better notes. Um, beat them by like three or something. They were, um, let me just let me just get up the notes i don't want to say wrong things <clears throat> and by the notes i mean the espn app that tells me everything 45 to 42 was the score they won by three um they were 21 point underdogs and tc was 17th ranked those are the numbers i had to remember um i said on this pod that the buffalo's win number um, win total being at three and a half was like 
crazy because I've heard all summer how good they're going to be or how much of a culture change Deion Sanders is doing. And I was like, honestly, anti-Colorado Boulder at that point. Because, like, why did I hear about them all summer if they're going to win three and a half games? Um, also, I'm anti-Colorado Boulder because they waitlisted me for my Masters. Anyway, um, that's not really Dion's fault. But um, I think I'm in. I think I'm in on, on, on the Buffaloes. You don't just – okay, obviously there's a chance that TCU is just not good that them being ranked 17th was a reflection of how they played last year with a quarterback that's now getting cut in the NFL and sort of a slew of luck slash good circumstances that got them to the national championship. I think that is a lot to do with them being ranked 17th is how they played last year. Um, and obviously Max Duggan is gone, but I don't think they were 21 points off in terms of how we thought TCU was. So it's not just that TCU is bad. It's not just that TCU wasn't as good as we thought. TCU is still a legitimate Power 5 team. And the fact that Colorado beat a legitimate Power 5 team um, is impressive because to give them three wins in the Big 12, or sorry, the Pac-12, they're still in the Pac-12. To give them three wins in the Pac-12 is basically insinuating that they're a Washington State type of thing. Um, and so I think it's I think it's definitely something. I think Colorado wins a bowl game or at least goes to a bowl game. I don't know which bowl game. Um, but if, I don't know, if this, as week one overreac- overreactions go, I feel like this is not, I feel like it's not crazy to completely rethink how we were looking at Colorado after one game. Because, um, uh, you know, when they were leading at the half or, you know, it was tight. You're like, okay, well, they're hanging tough. It's, you know, good looks for them, whatever. Um, then they won the game. Travis Hunter played every single snap. Shudder Sanders looks like as good a quarterback in the, as anybody else in the country. I think you have to understand that we were kind of wrong about the whole three and a half win total thing. Um, let's talk Travis Hunter, though. Um, he's really ugly, but playing every snap is insane i feel like i mean i never played football um if you remember last week my biggest football highlight happened in a um, elementary school um yard um anyway i never played football so i don't know how tough it is to play every snap especially at corner and wide receiver i don't know that for sure but given that nobody's done it in forever um i think says enough um, and to get like a hundred yards receiving and then a pick and a couple tackles, all this stuff, um, is legitimately insane. Um, I think I remember like 10, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, there was this guy named Owen Marisic. This is a real sicko name to that. I remember, but, um, he played for Stanford and he played like fullback and linebacker and he played both sides and they like did a whole ESPN like game day feature on him and he wasn't even good. Travis Hunter's one of the best players in the country, it seems, after one game. Um, and so to play both sides at that level, um, doing what he did, it was is legitimately incredible. Um, I guess I just – we'll see if he can do it week after week after week for an entire season. But um, I'm excited. Colorado is exciting. Their ticket prices being 2000 bucks are is insane. 
but Colorado's exciting. Um, and I think they're like a seven win team, which beats their win total by three and a half, which is kind of crazy. Um, okay. Got to make sure I'm locked in here. Jefferson Chase, Eckler, McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, Saquon. Who are ooh, the running backs are not looking necessarily pretty. Um, this is an eight-team league, so I my team better be stacked. Anyway, um, Florida State beat LSU, um, and they looked really good. I watched that game. I didn't watch the Colorado game. Um, I did watch the Florida State LSU game. Um, Jordan Travis must have listened to the pod because I said I didn't know who he was. So he went out there trying to prove me wrong, and he had one of the best quarterback performances of the week. So shout out to him. Um, it looked in the first half like LSU's was just disrupting a little bit more than Florida State, but um, they figured that out pretty quickly. Um, and um, the front seven of Florida State got going. Well, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like, not an X's and those guys. That's just what I watched. Um, Brian Kelly, though, that's a little bit embarrassing to not have the boys ready to go. Um, they were supposed to be ranked eighth, and they were supposed to be ranked fifth, and they got shot on by the eighth-ranked team. Um, let me just find the... Uh, 24 to 45 is not how you want your team to um, come out when you are they were the favorite in that game, I think. Yeah, they were. Um, I guess that's all I got on them. They looked really good. Um, I don't think any of the boys had them in the... Gosh, that means I'm on the clock. All right. Staring down... Garrett Wilson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, A.J. Brown, Josh Jacobs, and Joe Mixon. We need one of these running backs. I have Joe Mixon in the Loon League. It's not actually called that, but it is what it is. Pick 16, though. I feel like that's early. Um, Do I just go Garrett Wilson? Am I just stack? I mean, I have to get a running back. I have to get one running back. Is it Josh Jacobs? Hmm. I'll go Josh. Well, we'll go Garrett Wilson, and then I'll just give myself another minute to decide. All right, Garrett Wilson. Need a running back. Need it. I have Joe Mixon in another league. I want to cheer for him. It is what it is. It is what it is. Um, <clears throat> so we're rocking Justin Jefferson, Garrett Wilson, Joe Mixon at the moment. I would have loved a different running back. Like if Tony Pollard would have fallen, that could have played. Anyway, we'll catch you at the next pick. Um, Florida State looked good. That's about all I got. Um, other game I want to talk about is Duke Clemson. Clemson's dead, and that's kind of hilarious. Um, I guess I didn't really 
realize how much I hated them until I was watching that game and I was cheering for Duke and cheering for Duke is a little bit gross, but I guess in football, it's not as, you know, it's not as gross. Um, but Dabo Sweeney is really annoying and, um, watching his like face when they showed it on the TV as the game like got on and, and it was pretty clear that they were going to lose pretty badly to a team that they were, you know, a couple touchdown favorite against might've made that lineup. But that sounds right. Oh, almost two touchdowns, 12 and a half. Um, it was awesome. I kind of loved it. Um, Clemson, that was obviously been like very against the NIL thing and the um, the whole transfer portal thing, saying he's made in God's name, image, image and license, which is sick, you know, likeness. Um, not license, but which is, you know, kind of a fire line, but not really. Um, it is then embarrassing when you lose to Duke by 21 points. So um, Duke won, God lost, I guess. Um, that one run from the Duke quarterback was sick as fuck. That's my uh, my analysis. Um, look it up if you haven't seen it. But also, like, the whole Dabo running down the hill before everybody, like, if you watch a clip of that, he looks like as big a loser as you've ever seen. Um yeah, it's kind of nice that he uh, lost. To be fair, I think Clemson, like, they didn't punt in the entire second half, and they scored no points, which just, like, doesn't happen, um, especially if God's on your side, allegedly. So um, that was interesting. But, like, fumbling on the goal line twice, um, missing field goals, true freshman kicker, 19 years old or whatever, 18 years old, but, like, shanking the shit out of it. Um is electric and and Duke um do they did they deserve to storm the field? I don't know. But um they did. And I don't know they looked good. Duke football is a thing. They were good last year. They beat Miami, which isn't saying much, but they I think won nine wins or won nine games. Um all right, that's a nice college football talk. This um water break is sponsored by um um, I don't know. It's sponsored by somebody. I'm doing an all one take today because I don't want to edit it as much. <clears throat> all right, good water break. We thank uh, Intuit TurboTax for that one. Um, the Twins have won the division. They, uh, I talked about a couple pods ago that the past two weeks ending September 6th are going to be the most important, um, games of their schedule. Finish those games well above 500. I don't, don't know the exact record, but, um, four and three, I believe since the last pod, they lost today, but it doesn't matter. Um, won the series against Texas, won the series against Cleveland, um, I think they lost the first series against Cleveland. That is true. They did, but, um, won this series and I believe it's up to seven games, six or seven game lead in the, in the division. Um, yeah, it's six games because they lost today. Um, with about 22 games to play, it should be fine. They are basically division champions. I mean, they're obviously not. Their magic number is something like 17 or something like that. But 
Um, yeah, Twins are Central Division champions. Might as well raise the banner already. Um, we probably won't talk about the Twins a whole ton until the playoffs come around because they're just going to be kind of getting into playoff mode, resting guys, getting their rotation set up right so we can hit the ground running against whoever we face in the uh, in the playoffs. But real quick, I want to talk about this Angels waivers thing. So like last week, within 12 hours after I posted the pod, I think, um, as if they were a fantasy team that has lost and been eliminated with three games left in the season, the Angels put like five dudes on waivers at once. Um, basically, the Angels, because they had Shohei Otani and because they weren't that good, they should have sold him. Oh, I'm back on the clock, back on the clock. Hold up, hold up. ETN, how do we feel about that? Oh, there's kind of a lot of running backs here. That's good, that's good. Um, I don't really like ETN. I think Jameer Gibbs is the move. Jameer Gibbs. Should I go three? Yeah, yeah, wait. Okay, we got a flex. Okay, cool. Jameer Gibbs, that's the move. How do I feel about Travis Etienne? Better. I don't know any. I don't really feel good about him, but in the fifth round. Okay, well that's kind of cheating because it's a team league. But all right, let's do it. Who cares? So now we got Jefferson, Wilson, Mixon, Gibbs, Etienne. Don't hate it. Don't hate it. Got to check in on the quarterbacks though. Still some winners available. Tight ends. We're going to have to address the tight end position probably next round. All right. The Angels should have sold Shohei Otani at the trade deadline. They couldn't, or they didn't, because they couldn't find whatever package they wanted. Instead, they decided to go all in on this year while they still have Shohei Otani before he left in free agency, which is going to happen this winter. Um, all the guys that they bought, whose contracts are basically rentals, they're expiring at the end of this year. Um, all those guys, and some of the guys they already had, I believe, um, they just like put on waivers to get out from under the contract. So they basically just gave up. They get nothing for Shohei Otani. They weren't winning any more games. They were losing more games with these new pieces that they bought um and then they get rid of them for nothing in return other than like they don't have to pay their salary which is crazy the angels are a mess anyway those guys included lucas giolito and reynaldo lopez who are great well in the past have been good pitchers and the twins needed needed good pitchers and lo and behold we didn't make a good deal for a reliever or a starter at the deadline all of a sudden, a month after the deadline, these guys just kind of randomly pop up on waivers. Well, guess who picked up both of them? Because they're worse than us, and um, they're like petty little bitches. It was the Cleveland Guardians. So Cleveland Guardians picked up Lucas Giolito, picked up Ronaldo Lopez, who, like, Cleveland's not going to win the division. But it was just kind of get 
at the Twins or something. I don't know. Keep the Twins from having them. Maybe they thought they could still win a division. Anyway, three nights ago, or two nights ago, I guess, Lucas Giolito started against the Twins, and historically, he's been kill. He kills the Twins. Historically, he kills the Twins. Um, and it felt like, all right, this is the series where either we have to talk about the division race a little bit longer, or it's done. They threw their best, their best guy at us because Lucas Giolito kills the Twins. The game was twenty to six. Next game, eight to three. They lost in the getaway game today, two to one. But two wins out of three, it's over, it's finished. They picked up the pitchers that we could have gotten, played them against us, and we hit them out of the park a bajillion times. Um, Royce Lewis can't hit anything other than a grand slam right now. It seems three in the past week. He's a winner. Remember uh, my rant about how there were no winners on the Twins? There's winners on the Twins now. Royce Lewis, winner. Uh, he's He might be the only one. Eduardo, Eduardo Julian, winner on offense. On defense, very not a winner. But, yeah, there's winners on the Twins now. Um, yeah, so hang the banner, like literally. Um Real quick, Anthony Edwards, 35 points against Lithuania, went off. They lost that game, though, so I don't know. That is what it is. In a win against Italy, which was in the quarterfinals, I believe, um, that they won the game by 30, he only had three points. So I don't know. That's your Anthony Edwards update. It is what it is. I got to make another pick here. Um, We're looking at – I need a running back. I need a tight end. Darren Waller's still available. Do I like him? I kind of do. Could I get him next round? Probably not. All right, so we're going Darren Waller. Oh. George Kittle? Why is George Kittle ring so badly? What is ESPN doing? Oh no, I'm not picking a tight end yet. We got I mean, there's option. We got options. QB. Oh, okay. Did everybody pick a QB out of nowhere? Like, what are we doing? There's no QBs left. This is great podcasting. I know. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So everybody's picked a QB. So that means I don't have to pick a QB for a while now because everybody else has one. That's what you call strategy. Is this cute two QB league? No, it's not. All right. Back to the running back wide receiver well. I don't really like any of them. Well, hmm. Do I go Brees Hall? Ken Walker, maybe. Oh, I got. I got to make a pick. I got to make a pick. It's yelling at me. All right, we're going to Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. All right. I don't need another running back for the rest of the draft. Just drafted two of them. 
Um, wide receiver could be a concern. Actually, no, it's not. So we got two stars. Um, that's Anthony Edwards' update. He still wails. Um, sick. All right. Let's get into the Vikings preview. Um, let's just start. Let's set it up. Win total is eight and a half. Um, which I guess feels a little low, but I'm not sure I disagree with it, if that makes sense. I don't know. I expected the win total to be somewhere near nine and a half, maybe ten. Um, but I guess they don't really deserve that because of what I'm about to say, I think. Um, let me just see if you, the division future. We have Yeah, they're second favorite to win the division. Basically everywhere has Lions at around plus forty, plus one forty, and Vikings around plus two anywhere from plus two sixty to plus two ninety to win the division. So um Yeah. So Lions are favorite to win the division. I don't remember the last time that happened, but um Eight and a half wins on the total. I'm going to go through just not necessarily tied to the win total or not, um, whether you should go over or under that, but just some reasons to believe in the Vikings and then some reasons to not believe in the Vikings. Um, start with reasons to believe. Reasons to believe. I can't speak. Um, I would say maybe the primary reason is that um, – it's the second year in the system. Second year in the offense, the Kevin O'Connell offense, the one that is supposed to be great. Um, at times was great last year, and at times really wasn't. There's just some, you know, it would be like two quarters at a time where it'd be like, what is happening with the offense? We can't get a first down. We're running the ball into the line basically every time, and then we're throwing an incomplete pass on third and eight. That seemed to be happening a lot. And then there's some times where Justin Jefferson is scoring, you know, touchdown every drive, getting like 70 yards receiving every drive, and he's like the best player in the world. Um, and the offense is humming, and Dalvin Cook's doing his thing. Obviously, he's gone. But I think some of that inconsistency is going to leave the offense. I think it will be more consistent as everybody is more comfortable with it. I mentioned on the pod a while ago that it's really difficult um, – offense for wide receivers to understand so hopefully an extra year gets all those wide receivers in a really good spot it's the reason why jordan addison is probably starting out as number three behind kj osborne um and hopefully he'll rise up but i think that's a reason to believe it's just everything's going to be smoother as they get used to the offense even more so on the other side the defensive system can't be as bad as it was last year the Donatel defense of just like kind of rolling the guys out there and hoping they do something, it's gone. We have Brian Flores. He's a great defensive mind. He has been a great head coach in the league. Um, he's sort of overqualified for defensive coordinator with the Vikings, but hopefully that overqualification turns into a much more interesting looking defense, a much better different, much better defense. It can't be any worse than it was. Um, it really can't be. Um, so 
I think with an offense that's more comfortable and a defense that exists, there's reason for optimism sort of on on the whole for that. The other reason, or the third reason I have here, is the division's not good. I don't think... If the Lions, who also don't have a defense, and also are still rolling Jared Goff out there, and I know the offense is really good, all that stuff. If the Lions are leading the division in terms of, like, the odds to win it, the division is not good. It's sort of up for grabs. Anybody can take it. The Bears won't be good their year away or two. Um, the Packers are relying heavily on Jordan Love, who had did look good in the preseason. But, again, I ranked him 42nd out of 42 in my quarterback ranking. So, um I don't think those are really going to be relevant teams. And if we got to battle out the Lions, we got to battle out the Lions. I think it's fine. Um, I mean, we, we also just get to play all these n- mediocre to not that great teams um, every week or twice a year. Um, okay, I need tight end, tight end time. Um, I have Dallas Goddard in the other league. We'll take him in this league. I don't want any Kyle Pitts. All right, wide receivers is in. I don't really like Mike Williams. Do I do Tyler Lockett? That's actually money. Tyler Lockett. I'm a big fan. Shout out to Loon Mags, also a big f- Tyler Lockett head. Um, yeah, we'll just do that. So if the division isn't good and we get to play six division games a year, that's a that's a schedule that um at least that part of the schedule should be favorable. I think we can play the Lions, probably split against them. Um I guess I'll go through the whole schedule in a bit, but um I think you get my point. Um last reason why we should believe in the Vikings is at the skill positions they're good. This is really just at the pass catching skill positions because I think Alexander Madison is a big question mark in terms of whether he can carry the load for an entire year as the guy. But um, at pass c- catching options, I think you'd be hard pressed to find too many better options, three wide receivers and a tight end than we have. Um, like I said, Jordan Addison is kind of anything. That's awesome. Uh, if he's as good as he, as his talent, he'll be it'll be great. Um, KJ Osborne, we know who he is. He's a good player. Justin Jefferson is the best wide receiver in the world. TJ Hawkinson just got paid. By the way, he just got paid. I never talked about that. On the, whatever it happened, it is what it is. Um, he just got paid. Um, he's one of the best tight ends in the league. Um, I think he's a guy that will be more involved as the. Um, as the offense becomes more familiar with everybody, because especially him, because he came in um, middle of the year last year. So at the skill positions, everything looks good. Um, Madison is what he is, but and Kirk is what he is, but I think pass catching, we have an advantage almost anywhere. And that, in today's NFL, goes a really long way, because passing is everything. All right, now to the reasons to doubt. After quick water break, sponsored by D's Nuts.
All right. <clears throat> we thank these nuts for that. I don't know what this joke is. It's too late. Um, reasons to doubt. There's some very important positions that we're just not that good at. Those positions include offensive line, especially in the interior. Darisaw's good. Brian O'Neill's good. But on the interior, it's not great. It really isn't. Um, and while you could say that the tackles are more important than the interior of the offensive line, in general, having weakness on the offensive line is just not a good thing. Because you need time for your quarterback to pass. Another spot is defensive line. Outside of Daniel Hunter, it's a whole lot of nobodies. Um, and that's really not good because you don't want the other team to have time for their quarterback to pass. Um, and then the third position we're really not good at is corner. And that's important because if wide receivers are not open, then the quarterback is nobody to pass to. But that's not going to happen for us because we don't really have good corners. So the wide receivers are going to be open. We made Jacob Easton look like Patrick Mahomes last year, and I'm afraid that type of thing is going to happen again um, because the corners just aren't good. Um, a Caleb Evans was like a depth piece last year, and he's now one of the starting quarterbacks. Um, Byron Murphy is like ancient, and he's one of the starting cornerbacks. Patrick Peterson is gone. Um, Cameron Dantzler's gone. I'm just, I, I'm just worried that personnel-wise, especially in defense and offensive line, it's just not going to be very good. Um, like, especially in the defense. I, I know we talked about Brian Flores, how the defense can't be much worse. But if the defensive line isn't getting a pass rush, and if the cover, if the corners can't cover, there's not a whole lot that Brian Flores can do about any of it if the personnel just isn't there. Also, we might be starting an undrafted free agent, which as good as he was in camp, that's never really a spot you want to be. Probably won't be. Probably won't be starting him. But he's going to be very in the mix. Um, yeah, so those personnel questions are pretty huge. Um, and just in general, it's another bullet point, but it's kind of all the same. In general, depth isn't great anywhere. Depth isn't great at running back. Depth certainly isn't great on the offensive line. They have eight guys. Um, I don't know. I mean, I just think there's eight guys when usually they carry 10. So if, if an injury happens, like, and especially on the defense, if an in injury happens at cornerback, we're, there's a lot of nobodies that nobody's ever heard of that are going to be playing. Um, and I think that's concerning. Um, third bullet point is we know who Kirk is and this sounds like a, a slight against Kirk and he's had a huge sort of like reinvigoration of his sort of popularity um since the Kirk O'Chains thing and he was on that show in the offseason that I didn't watch but apparently he was really cool and um so I guess I mean this isn't really diss against Kirk but we just kind of know who he is and we know what he's not he's not the type of guy that takes a subpar roster to new heights he's the type of guy that if you get a good team around him he can press all the right buttons and get you 
some really quality wins. Um, Patrick Mahomes, he is not, obviously. I don't even think... I think there's even guys in the division that, maybe not right now, but in the future, will have a better chance of sort of elevating their roster than Kirk does. Um, I think Justin Fields comes to mind there. Um, so, yeah, I guess roster concerns plus a quarterback that doesn't exactly change much. He's not like an X factor. I think that's a concern that there's just not going to be a lot cooking. Um, last concern is what if Kevin O'Connell isn't it? And um, I think we all have this assumption that he's a really good coach. He worked with Sean McVay. They won a Super Bowl. This, this, and this. Really good offense. Saw it at times last year. Didn't see it at times last year. Um, if I know we say like I said like the year two thing I'm, I'm just kind of assuming that a year two jump happens with familiarity but if it doesn't what if it doesn't what if Kevin O'Connell just isn't who, who we thought he was and Sean McVay was kind of covering him up what if he's a um, Nate Hackett you know for example I guess I don't I don't think it's likely, but if that does happen then things could go south pretty quick. Um All right. So all those things said, I'm going to go through the schedule. Pick out exactly how many wins they're going to win. And how many losses they're going to lose. Vikings schedule. By the way, it's a uh, first place schedule because we won a division last year. We have to play a harder schedule so the NFL does it. I need a quarterback still, actually, though. Trevor Lawrence, not a top 10 cornerback, quarterback. According to me, but uh, he's on my team now, I guess. Um, all positions. Brandon Cooks, talk to me nice. I guess it's kind of a reach. Oh, I like him. I like the player. All right. Let's go through the schedule. I haven't done this in advance, so we'll see how... Um, so I'm making some of this up as we go. All right, Bucks Vikings, easy dub. So we got one. Vikings Eagles, Vikings Eagles, Vikings at Eagles week two. I would go as far as to say easy L. They killed us last year. I don't see any reason that they won't. They're probably better. We're probably worse. Chargers Vikings at home. We have a mini-buy with a 10-day rest because we play on Thursday against the Eagles. I'm going to give us a dub for that. That's a generous dub, but I think we're, I think we're winning that game. Vikings at Panthers. I think we're winning. I think we're winning. So we're starting 3-1. and one. Boys are getting excited. Um, Chiefs. At Vikings, even though it's at home, it's an L. 
Chiefs roster isn't as good as it once was. It ain't as good as it once was. But, especially if Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones aren't playing. But, they're still way better than we are. And Patrick Mahomes is who he is. Vikings at Bears. Hmm. Do we sweep the Bears this year? I... I'm going to give us a win, but the next 50-51, I have to give us a loss because I've given us two 50-50s. Um, 49ers and Vikings, they kill us. I don't even – they're just a better built football team than we are. Um, Vikings at Packers, I think we lose this. Even though Jordan Love sucks. Vikings at Falcons should be a win. I think that's actually close. It could be at... Yeah. Well, who knows who the teams are out there. We'll give us a win. Um, Saints at Vikings. This is a close game. There's a lot of close games to schedule. Um, it is the NFL after all, so that doesn't surprise anybody. Um, I'll give us a surprising loss to the Saints at home. But I think the Saints could be actually pretty good. Um, Vikings at Broncos. I think that's also a loss. If Russell Wilson is any kind of anything, they should have a pretty good chance at home against the Vikings. Bears at Vikings, we win that one at home. Vikings at Raiders, their roster isn't very good. We're winning that one week, whatever that is. Vikings at Bengals, September or December 17th, we are losing that. Um. Then we have the Lions, Packers, Lions to finish out. We'll see. We win against the Lions at home, win against the Packers at home, and then lose against the Lions. I feel like that's way more wins than I was describing. Um, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine wins. That's about what I thought. I thought it would be around nine. So I guess um, take out your hammer and pound the over on the Vikings win total. Nine wins. Yeah. Some of this um, schedule isn't as bad as I remember it being. I think that quarterbacks moving around had a lot to do with that. Um Two games against the Packers helps when they lost a quarterback, that type of thing. Tom Brady leaving helps against the Bucks, that type of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, about wraps up the Vikings. They're going to be pretty average. Um, feels like there's a lot of average teams in Minnesota right now. But pound the over, over eight and a half. They're getting nine. Um, I got to check this might pick up soon. Okay, we got a little bit. Um, all right. It's post-game time. Not a... Uh, not a super... Um, I, there isn't really a post-game. There is a post-game, but it's kind of three different post-games. Because um, not one topic I want to talk about. Um, first post-game topic is... I've been watching tennis, and it's low-key sick. Like, it kind of rocks. Um, never been a big tennis fan before. But 
once you get into a sport, you just kind of, if you like sports, once you get into it, you just kind of watch. And it's awesome. You learn the names and all this other stuff. This 20-year-old from the United States named Ben Shelton, he's cool as shit. And he hits the ball basically 150 miles an hour on his surf, um, which is awesome. All right, one second, one second. Jackson Smith and Jigba is still available. Say less. Um. Oh, I keep forgetting. That I'm like, my team is stacked. I keep forgetting it's an eight-team league. Um. All right, we can take a little risk with some Jordan Addison. Well, I already have Justin Jefferson next to That's stupid. Um, not into the Sky Moore thing. A lot of kind of running backs staring me in the face. Might just pull one of them. Nah, I have enough. Should I go slaying God? Or double up on Traylon Burks. We're doubling up on Traylon. I'm the biggest Traylon fan. I have him in a different league. In the Loon League. Biggest Traylon fan in the world right now. Um. Anyway, yeah, that's all. Tennis is sick. Pickleball is not. But tennis is. It's for athletes. If you want to play pickleball, just play tennis. If you don't want to play any racket sport, actually, or play badminton. Badminton's way cooler. Anyway. Um. Second post game talk topic is unfortunately also about pickleball. I have to keep it real with the loon, the loon heads, the loon listeners. I have to be completely honest and say that um, I may or may not have completely betrayed myself, and I I may have told somebody that I liked pickleball, and that somebody may have been a girl, and so. Um, and that, that girl may be somebody that I have completely no chance with. So um, I do regret it. I'm not going to say I don't. Um, in the moment, it was just... Uh, have you ever played pickleball? I was like, oh, no, it's, but I, it looks super fun. Like, I'd love to play. Who am I? What am I doing? Go on a podcast, talk about how stupid pickleball is for 10 minutes pretty girl comes up and all of a sudden I lose my convictions that's tough it's tough um we'll watch the tape on that one that's not how uh we'll do better next time we'll do better next time that's not how um loon parents raised me like you know gotta stay true to myself um I do regret it somebody else that was there that also knows I hate pickleball also heard me say that I love pickleball and that person also cooked my shit for saying that. So um just had to come just had to come clean, be honest on the podcast that uh I have gone against myself and and the roots and end of this podcast. So uh I think of myself as a man of faith. I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna go into the Castiano joke. Anyway, um last podcast or last uh post game topic. Inspired by a Friday Night's Twins game. I guess you could say this is the main post-game topic. 
I feel like Williams Astadio, La Tortuga, basically reinvented how um, position players should pitch. If you uh, haven't been following the league, um, the major league, baseball, um, position players pitch all the time now. Um, and they even like put in rules to stop it, but it happened on the first game of the Cleveland series when we were up by like 20, um, where they pitched Cleveland pitched a position player for the last four innings of the game. And we pitched Willie Castro in the ninth inning, because if you're up by more than 10, you're allowed to pitch a position player in the ninth inning, even if you're winning. Um, if you're down by a bunch, you can pretty much do it any time, I think. If you're down by six or something like that, you can do it any time. Um, so, yeah, most of the time you see it as the losing team. They're just giving up on a game. But sometimes the winning team is like, yeah, they're not going to score 14 runs on us, so we'll just throw out Willie Castro type of thing. Anyway, so position playing pitching, position players pitching has become more common. But also, there's like a very clear strategy on like what to do now. There wasn't like no position players are going up there and throwing 82 anymore. Almost every single one of them is throwing 45. They're just lobbing it in there and hoping that like if they throw it slow enough, they can't hit it too hard. And that pitchers or players are so used to seeing 95 that seeing 42 is going to throw them off. And I think. I could be wrong. I think that the first person to do that was Williams Astadio, La Tortuga. And in fact, I wrote, let me see if I can find this on twinsdaily.com. Twinsdaily.com. Oh, I should not be giving them free pub. Um, I wrote an article when I worked for unnamed competitor. Um, that, uh, twinsdaily.com, um, about how Williams Estadio should be considered as like a, an arm in the bullpen. And it was like a joke. Um, Oh, there it is. I wrote this on October 24th, 2021. And my whole point, it was like a joke and people roasted me. Um, And I wrote at the time that he's not just a random guy going up there and throwing the ball across the plate. He actually has a strategy. He throws like 43 and then he throws it like 70 and then he throws it like 49 and then he'll throw it like 65. And so he like mixes up speeds those are really slow lives like way under the speed limit in terms of pitching and that because he actually has this strategy he's like legitimately successful um his era was pretty low and he had appeared in multiple games at that point um gosh this bench is deep um I guess we'll just go Quinton Johnston, see what happens. Um, 
So that the fact that he like he actually had some success in multiple outings doing this, I was like, this is a a real strategy. He actually is doing something out there. And then the whole like he should actually be in the bullpen was a joke. But um, and that was like just the article. And now, like, every single position player that pitches does exactly what he does. So, some are saying that Astadio should be in the Hall of Fame for um, the way he changed the game of baseball. Um, most people are not saying that. I would say that um, probably nobody is saying that. But um, I just think it's interesting that you go on, you watch a blowout game, um, and everybody's throwing, all the position players are throwing 49. Um, now that I'm here, I just kind of want to read these, just kind of want to read these comments. This guy wasn't that, he didn't roast me that. Oh, this is, this is it. Okay. Let me start by saying this is an absolutely terrible idea. I wrote that. So he's just quoting me. That is no reason not to have an article about it in the off season. That's what he's saying. It shows creativity. It also shows why you don't write for Sports Illustrated. So this guy cooked me. He said, I'm not, he said, I'm not a pro. Um, then he said, you be you, Alan. I really don't know how to feel about that. Um, actually, these are way more popular. These are way more, uh, these comments are way better than I thought they were. This guy said, Three, three things, well-written, lots of fun on a goofy story. It wasn't a story about Eddie Rosario. Excellent work. Thanks, Richie the Rally Goat, community moderator. Thank you. Um, I think it was like when it was posted on the Twins Daily Facebook that like people cooked me and were like, without re- actually reading the article, they just saw the headline. People were like, Twins Daily's back at it again. They're so stupid, whatever. Um, anyway, yeah. I just think it's... Um, it doesn't really matter, but kind of interesting that um, Estadio started this whole thing. And also I wrote about it when he started it, so credit to me for uh, hitching my train to that. Anyway, um, it's time for bed. Got football to watch in the morning. Not in the morning, in the tomorrow evening. But uh, yeah, for uh, football Christmas Eve, football emoji. See ya.